0: Welcome to the Radio ECMA Podcast. Here's your host, Chris Batstone.
1: Welcome back. And if this is your first time listening to us, welcome aboard. I encourage you to go back and listen to our other podcasts as well, which are available at ecma.ca and also anywhere you get your podcasts. Thanks for being here. Today, I'm excited for this episode. Because I'm going to learn something about a side of the music industry that I really know nothing about, and that is an absolute monster. It's huge. So to illustrate my point, I want to pose a question. What is the biggest musical export of Australia? So you think about Australian X in your head. And I go back to when I was a kid. Olivia Newton-John comes to mind. The BGS come to mind. Also, like in high school for me, NXS. And all the way through ACDC. But them and everybody else from Australia are all playing for second place. Because the biggest musical export in Australian history is the Wiggles. You know, and you think about it, Between the tours, the albums, the TV shows, the films, the DVDs, the sale of the DVDs. That's probably the biggest part. If you look at some studies, it's not even really close between the Wiggles and second place. So how do I not know more about the children's music industry? Well, we're going to find out today all about it. And I can't think of anyone else I'd rather bring in here than one of Canada's premier children's acts to help us in this conversation and really give us a first-hand look at the children's music industry. going to bring in here Newfoundland and Labrador's own The Swinging Bells. We're going to talk about what they're up to. We're going to play some new music by them in this podcast as well. And we're going to talk about the children's music industry in general. So without further ado, The Swinging Bells. Aaron Power, multi-instrumentalist and one half of the Powerhouse Harmonies that go on in the Swinging Bells and a childhood educator as well. Welcome Aaron.
0: Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here with you today.
1: Laura Winter as well, childhood educator, multi-instrumentalist, the other half of the Powerhouse Harmonies and I think someone that I can refer to as Miss Winter because she taught my oldest Allison at St. Matthew's. Welcome. Yes.
2: That's right. Yeah, it's
1: been a while. Madame Winter. Oh, Madame say Winter. Say. Sorry. Particularly <laughs> w-
2: Mademoiselle Winter. You can call me whatever
1: you want. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll just stick with Laura for now, if that's okay. Uh, the
2: kids just went with Madame.
1: Madame, okay. Uh, I'm cool with Laura. All right. That's- very good, and uh, and of course the uh, incomparable uh, Dwayne Andrews, one of the finest guitarists to ever come out of Newfoundland and Labrador, new solo album out there now, Conception Bay, and Dwayne, I would love it if you would come visit us again, so we could dig into your solo career a little more. But welcome today.
3: Oh, thanks for having us all there, Chris.
1: Okay, great. So let's let's get into this. I want to come to Laura first. I want you to tell us about. The origins of the swing and bell sound because I think it's really unique. I mean, the combination of swing music, the combination of children's music. How did you come up with that?
2: Well, uh, I don't know. It was, it just, it really was a very organic situation. Erin um, and I are, are both teachers, as you mentioned. And, uh, and, you know, we used to make up songs for our students and, you know, about the weather or about, I don't know, penguins or, you know, whatever we were teaching at the time. <laughs> And Aaron and I, you know, used to spend a lot of Friday nights sitting around their uh, kitchen table, um, when we were both learning how to play instruments and then we kind of, you know, branched off and we're learning to play other instruments and, um, and we'd sit down and practice together and we'd play songs, you know, that we knew like, you know, the kind of songs that we like, you know, old country songs and folk songs, Lucinda Williams, that kind of stuff. And, uh. Then, you know, we'd say, well, I wrote this song today about uh, the weather. Do you want to hear it? And, you know, and you're say, oh, right. Well, I wrote one about uh, earthworms. And we'd kind of laugh and play those songs. And um, then one day, I don't know, we just kind of said, you know, what we really should do is we should uh, write some of these songs and and record them. And so we had gotten one ready to record. And um, we were just doing it down in their kitchen. And, you know, Dwayne was just doing us a solid you know setting up the microphones and he was gonna do the the recording stuff and then he we sang our parts and then dwayne went up and got his guitar and said hey do you guys want me to add in on this and it was we did not expect it you know we said dwayne andrews are, are you asking to be in our band <laughs> <laughs>
1: Wow, it's just great! Great to have those people just lying around, you know, like these, like you know, provincially like astounding guitarists. You know, they're just yeah. going to be there. You know, yeah.
2: Well, he was doing our tech for us, you know, right? Our sound guys, so we may as well hop
1: on the album. Awesome. <laughs> so, Aaron, Aaron, um, about the swing music. It, it's it seems like it's very dance oriented, you know, for the kids and. um with that, like, what can people expect at swinging bell shows? I mean, are, are you're encouraging them to dance? Is it more educational? Is it humor based? Like, what what can people expect at swinging bell shows?
0: Oh well, Chris, we got a little bit of everything in there. <laughs> <laughs> It's a very uh, interactive show. We are we its being connected with the audience and being connected with the families and the kids are—is are, really important to us. And so, uh, we write songs that have a pretty swing groove to them, so they're pretty easy to dance to. So we often get dancers right off the the mm-hmm. hop, and uh, we always get the brave toddlers toddling up and ready to go and. And, climbing uh, up our legs on the stage.
1: <laughs> Does that happen? Does that happen a lot? Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> when we say interactive, we never know what's going to happen at a show. You know, <laughs> someone might set, raise their hand to say something and they want to tell us about what they had for breakfast. In like, the middle of a song. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and... Uh, so we do that. We, we play a lot of like just music at that to dance to, of course, and uh, some just free dancing. We have a couple of songs that we've written over the years now that are kind of a, uh, the shimmy shake is one of our favorites to do, and we uh, guide everyone through a dance, which is always really fun. We have a lot of puppets. Laura's a great puppet maker and uh, spends a lot of her off time when she's not being an amazing teacher making beautiful puppets for the show and uh, so the, and we do some storytelling in there as well so it's kind of a little bit of, of everything that we kind of, we, we work with kids a lot so we feel that we understand uh, how to shape a show so that the kids are kind of getting what it is that they need to stay engaged, to be participatory to also have an opportunity to relax and enjoy and, and sit back and listen so we, we try to structure things around uh, how we understand that
1: That kids really work. Okay, that's. uh, It sounds like you have a a very well uh, crafted show. I want to come to Dwayne here now. Not being the only one in the band who's not a childhood educator, and and having this whole side career, your your whole solo career, what is it that draws you to? children's music in general aside from playing with laura and aaron which i'm sure is very very satisfying in its own self but about children's music
4: thank
3: you chris you're welcome
1: <laughs> but but about about uh, children's music in general like what what keeps you coming back to it
3: i guess number one is like, when we started uh you know the sound started taking shape with this this band uh you know it was just fun music to play like it is deeply satisfying musically um, so, you know, I don't really feel there's a difference between any of the different things I'm involved with, at least artistically in that way. Uh, but one of the things I like with, you know, with, uh, playing with, playing for children, uh, you know, often it's the, the first show that they'll have, like it's their first experience at a concert. So I guess that kind of, you know, just helping to, to nurture and develop audiences, uh, hopefully for, for future generations, even, uh, you know, there's something really, really, um, inspiring about that.
1: Right. I want to come to uh, to Laura here now. The harmony singing you guys do is is just top drawer and I, I I think is the one of the huge things about your sound. How did that develop between you and Aaron?
2: Well, if you listen closely ninety five percent of the time I sing the melody and Aaron sings the harmony. There are a couple times when we switch it, but I usually manage to mess that up when we do it live. <laughs> I love, love, love a good harmony. Erin loves a good harmony, but it's funny because I spent most of my singing, you know, life prior to this as a high soprano and Erin would have spent most of hers as an alto, I think in, in school, Erin. <clears throat> but um, when we were getting ready to record our first album, I guess five years ago, I developed a really some serious vocal issues from, from teaching and singing so much. And I had notes and a lot of swelling in my vocal cords. And I just, I lost like a, almost an octave of my range. Wow. And so we had to change keys for everything. And um, I had to become the lower voice. And Aaron became the higher voice. So we're at the beginning. The harmonies were below the melody. And now they tend to be above um and uh, laura so- you could say i really rose to the occasion
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: you did indeed erin you. you did indeed mm-hmm. uh and so that's kind of mostly where we we have stayed with me as the lower voice and erin as the higher voice which is funny because uh you know people often are surprised because i have a very high speaking voice um but i'm a lower singer now just from damaged vocal cords really over the years from, from teaching. But, um, and, and every now and then that shifts, you know, every now and then we'll start a new song and, and suddenly find that, you know, I, I can't go quite as low as I sometimes can if I'm out of the teaching world for a little while, my range returns to a glorious high soprano.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> but we still, we still keep it. That's the formula. that just really worked out for us. And Erin's just got a really spectacular ear for harmonies she can you know uh, i i can do them if I practice but erin just gets them she just hears them and she sings them and then she works on them and, and kind of crafts them and polishes them up it's it's really it's erin's doing okay <laughs> like it's i think for me one of the sweetest
0: sounding things in the world is a tight beautiful harmony and it just makes me feel so good you know and I think we all feel that like there's something really special when you hear um people sing together like the are a great example of that the fortunate ones yeah there's some beautiful harmony singers
2: uh, if I might interject yeah actually it's my nerd my nerd glasses push up um it's actually certain uh intervals create a binaural beat uh within the brain and it's actually very calming is that right? Science.
1: Oh, my gosh. I didn't know we were going to get all scientific here. But I
0: just started uh, doing a, a sound therapy course since uh, the COVID situation hit. So she's mm-hmm. uh, got deep insights now into, yes, into deep the insights.
1: world. All right. So you can incorporate that now into your future projects, the science yeah. of it all.
2: Yes. And Soothing sounds for children. We're going to do a lullaby album full of <laughs> binaural beats.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: And, you know, Dwayne has been a really interesting person with the harmonies as well, because um, working with Dwayne, he has a really, he has a a deeper another level of understanding of harmonies as well. So sometimes he'll challenge the harmonies that we're doing kind of more safe harmonies, I guess, or the, you know, the the more natural harmonies. And he'll challenge that and say, how about we try this here or try that there? And sometimes at first when we say it, it feels weird, but then after we do it a few times, it's really exciting thrilling to work on something a little bit different like that.
1: Absolutely. It it, it does sound like that. And I think that uh, your sound has gotten huge endorsements, especially with your 2016 Juno win for Children's Album of the Year. Dwayne, was that a surprise to you that you guys won like your debut album? You won Children's Album of the Year. Like, was that a surprise? You know, how did you feel about that?
3: Uh, I mean, I would say, yes, it was a surprise, but I'll, uh, what do you call that, qualify that or preface that with, with uh, the comment that always, like, I find all the, you know, any type of award or, uh, you know, this type of, uh, what do you call them, contests, I guess, or prize type situations, uh, like, I always have zero, you know, there's zero, and, I've, you know, I've, I've witnessed a lot of them over the years, I guess. So, uh, I find the results are always a surprise, really, for me. But, you know, but with that album, actually, when we won the Juno, we had already previously won, I think, the Canadian Folk Music Award. And- yes. And... Uh, maybe the music and L award. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we did have some good, uh, good <laughs> encouragement from the industry leading into that. Uh, but definitely it was a huge, uh, huge thrill
0: when we won that award and they actually announced our names we were um, actually so shocked that they the picture that they used afterwards when they were showing like the winners the next night they showed everyone's album covers and the picture that they showed for us was us on stage looking utterly shocked (laughs) 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 and someone came up to us afterwards and said like oh we often hear people say oh what a surprise to win and we think it was it really but we we could tell with you guys. You were really surprised to win. <laughs> it
1: was really exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think probably the biggest endorsement from an industry, you know, to win an album like that, I mean, especially right out of the gates, I mean, that must have been hugely, hugely gratifying. Um so we're we're gonna play a song now. And uh, in the second half of the podcast, we're going to get more into the uh, industry side of things because that's that's something I'm very, very interested in. It's something I know really, very little about the uh, children's music industry, so um, and of course all those uh, all those stories about other entertainers. <laughs> hoping to dig some of those out of you guys. <laughs> so um, so tell us what song you want to play.:
2: Oh, do we want something from the first album? Yeah. What about, uh, I mean, Attitude of Gratitude is the one that everyone kind of knows the most. That one gets a lot of play. Uh, that one's too, because we've
0: had people, we had a ukulele group in Ontario <laughs> message us uh, asking if they could cover that song, too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, we're going to spin it right now. This is Attitude of Gratitude from the Swingin' Bells debut album, More Sheep, Less Sleep. And we'll be back with the Swingin' Bells after this song Right here on the Radio ECMA Podcast.
4: You need an attitude of gratitude With that saucy fatitude Be happy for what each new day brings An attitude of gratitude Will put your heart right in the mood In the mood for you to dance and sing When you're feeling down and out When you're feeling blue When your heart is really glum, Here's what you can do an attitude of gratitude, quit that saucy attitude. Be happy for what each new day brings An attitude of gratitude will put your heart right in the mood In the mood for you to dance and sing When your brow is furrowed, dark clouds hang overhead When you've got to get up, but you'd rather stay in bed With that saucy attitude, be happy for what each new day brings. An attitude of gratitude will put your heart right in the mood, in the mood for you to dance and sing. Troubled And things are going right Don't you get discouraged Just try with all your might you have an attitude of gratitude Quit that saucy attitude. Be happy for what each new day brings An attitude of gratitude Will put your heart right in the mood In the mood for you to dance and sing In the mood for you to dance and sing
1: That's Attitude of Gratitude from the Swingin' Bells debut album released in 2015, More Sheep, Less Sleep. And happy to say that we have Aaron, Laura, and Dwayne from the Swingin' Bells here with me today. Thank you very much for being on the third episode of the Radio ECMA podcast.
0: Thanks for having Uh, me. We have an attitude of gratitude for being here with you today.
1: There you go. There you go. Uh, So I want to come to Dwayne here and uh, I want to talk about the, uh, the children's music industry of sorts. And because you have real experience in the other side careers, the solo action, and I mean, Aaron and Laura do as well. Um, but uh, how do you think there are differences between the children's music industry and others like, like folk or country or rock? I mean, are there significant differences?
3: Well, one would be the, say, the time frame that you can have shows in. Um, Yes,
1: the hours.
3: (laughs) Yeah, the hours are certainly different. Although uh, I've often said this one of how, uh, you know, playing 3 p.m. on a a Sunday afternoon is not that far off from playing uh, 3 a.m. on a Sunday morning, you know, if you did a a late night Saturday gig, say, you know, at a bar. (laughs) Uh, so, so there are some similarities in that way, but yeah, definitely, you know, just the, the, uh, the hours are different like that. And often we do our show as a one hour, you know, we start and then 60 minutes later we find like, that's a really great, um, time frame for, you know, the attention span and the energy. Uh, so often it's a, a shorter, um, a shorter show, uh, you know, relative to other things. Uh, I mean, I mean, some other things as well, though, like is, there's a lot of say, you know, the festival circuit, there's, I guess there's upsides and downsides because, uh, I mean, certainly a lot of them are family, family oriented, uh, but often, you know, it might be a side stage, like some fest- festivals really embrace it and, you know, you'll get a main main stage slot. But sometimes there can be like budget discrepancies, say, between, you know, they might have a lower budget for the family entertainment than for for our other artists that, that they uh, that they program. So sometimes you will encounter a little bit of that. I don't even know what percentage of the population children represent, but, uh, you know, there's lots of people looking for, for, for great music for that audience. So... You know, we're happy to, to, you know, we're finding our way among it all, anyway.
1: Absolutely. Um, Laura, do you think there's enough opportunities to play for a children's act in Canada?
2: Oh, that's a good question. Um, no, <laughs> there's, there's not. We're in a funny place, too. Uh, you know, as Dwayne said, um, you know, we're sometimes we'll get a side stage or family stage, as we have, you know, at some great festivals, Winnipeg Folk Festival. It's, it's been, you know, a real favorite of ours. We've been there a couple times now. And And then, you know, we've done main stage at some other ones, you know, at the Kingsville Folk Festival and, you know, um, Stanfest doesn't have a kid's tent, but we've, you know, done side tents. It's been amazing, but I think for us, the hard thing about our music, uh, it's not our music necessarily, but I I think our music is really enjoyable for people of all ages, you know, it's not... um, it's not, you know, nursery rhyme kind of stuff. It's, uh, it's, you know, we like think it's for the young and young at heart. Um, you know, and I've had people say to me, like, gosh, if you didn't listen to the words, you wouldn't know it was kids music. And, you know, that's like, that's got its ups and downs. Like, you know, we're really happy that it can be, you know, it's a good, it's good quality music. It's, you know, the arrangements are, are top notch, you know, because we've got Dwayne on that side. And we just have said sometimes, like, you know, I just wish that organizers could, see beyond the, um, you know, the kid, children's aspect of it because, you know, we could, and, and that's often happened after we've played, we've had organizers come up to us and say like, oh, you guys, you know, you guys would knock it out of the park on the main stage because it's, you know, it's great festival music. It's, you know, just, it's perfect festival music. It's upbeat, it's fun, it's quirky. Um, you know, I think at this point we've got a, a really great audience. Um, you know, participation and banter. We engage the parents just as much as we engage the kids, and uh, and so you know, it's hard to be. Um, you know, I'm not going to say pigeonhole as children's entertainers because, of course, we are, and we love that, and that's what we want to be doing. But I, I think you know, it would be nice if. Uh, organizers would would be, there's a little more open-mindedness maybe about it, you know, another, they're going put the swinging Bells on the main stage at, you know, nine o'clock on a Friday evening. And I think sometimes children's
0: music as a genre of music is um, written off as, as not as quality, say, as some folk or some country music. And I, I do feel that that's, that's a bit of an injustice to the music itself because I think a lot of the music that's being made in Canada right now from a lot of um, musicians that focus on making music for families is, is quality music. Like there's some good stuff there. And I think sometimes people dismiss it that it's just for kids. And I feel that that's actually dismissive to kids as well because kids like intelligent quality music and they can get in you know they want to get involved in that and they want to hear good lyrics and they want to hear good music just as much as any adult does as well so I think the industry itself I don't know um, if it has like truly embraced children's music as um, a genre kind of worth focusing on as much as the other genres of music so um, we find a hard time sometimes finding our place within that. And we're uh, one of the few East Coast uh, children's acts right now. A lot of the music that's being made is on the west, central and west of of Canada. And so, um, so, I mean, it's harder even still because it's, you know, sometimes we may be the only for a children's category, for example, for something like that. Sometimes there isn't one or else um, it's just us.
3: <laughs> yeah. And also, I mean, while we are in the, in the context of the ECMA here, you know, of course, it's a fantastic organization. But for someone like us, that, that could be an issue as well. like something like a showcase, um, you know, because right. it's just even trying to find a spot that makes sense. Uh, you know, there's been, been some challenges that way in the past.
0: Yeah, because even though people might um, react the same at 3 p.m. or 3 a.m. as Dwayne was saying earlier, they <laughs> might not. Uh, it, it's a, we, you know, like us playing at uh, 11 or 12 o'clock in the night, um, singing songs about uh, monsters and uh, having an attitude of gratitude is just a little bit uh, different to that, <laughs> that we're used to.
1: <laughs> and it's so funny. I mean, because definitely you're right. I I fully agree that the children's music industry in in many ways has been marginalized. Mm. You know, it doesn't get the mainstream press. But like the thing is about it is that as an industry, it's an absolute monster. You know, I mean, I, I told this story in my opening about what is the biggest musical export of Australia. And it's the wiggles, you know, like bigger than ACDC, bigger than the Bee Gees and Livy Newton John, who had all those hits, you know, and the wiggles, like it's not even close. So it's it's weird that it gets marginalized like that. I, I think that also ties in a little bit with the opportunities to play as well, and uh, which is a common complaint amongst um amongst a lot of people on, on the East Coast. Uh, I want to I uh, pivot here to um, your latest album from 2018, the Superstar Sibling Detective Agency, and ask about that. Um, is that uh, more of a, uh, an overall show, you know, like a concept kind of thing?
2: Concepts in in writing it, you know, we figure it. We still feel it's got a lot of potential, you know, for for books and for you know cartoons, and we're just starting to explore that kind of video aspect of that now. You know, Erin has gotten really into um, you know video editing and green screen work and bringing drawings to life, and that's you know we had a lot of that in mind when when we were writing some of those songs.
0: Aaron? a lot of those songs. Um... Uh, it was we didn't write it as a full concept kind of you know album but it was more um, a lot of those songs we had been writing over since the last album and they had already made their way into our show our live show and so we it was an opportunity for some of those songs to actually make it to an album as well you know we wrote a lot for it but we also had some of that already
3: well in yeah and actually the the title well the title of the album came from one of the songs on the album uh, which was written for two I guess super fans you could say of the band uh, Sasha and Daisy uh, who are siblings. So uh, that turned into, you know, kind of a bigger, you know, just the concept of it and the way it was related to people that we actually knew. And then we went full on with the production on that track as well and got like horns and, you know, went, went bigger. Uh, so it became kind of the, the face of that album. And the album cover as well, you know, goes with that concept of, uh, of detective agency. Uh, but it wasn't so much yeah like a concept album. It was more like one part of the one song from the album sort of stood out as something that would be fun to, to latch onto.
1: Yeah, it seems like something that's something that uh, a lot of children's acts do. That they have like a particular concept, the album, the videos, the TV show. It just all appears as one thing. I, I want to move on to what you're you're doing now, Dwayne. Tell me about this new project inspired by Isaac.
3: Myself and Aaron, our, our son is Isaac, and uh, you know he's 14 now. But we've been you know just witnessing his. Uh, his musical development, especially as of late. And it's it's funny because, you know, he has a lot of music around him from different different members of the family and things like that and different things he's involved with. But he managed to find this one sliver of the musical universe that no one close to him really had anything, you know, to do with, which is electronic music. So, you know, he's just been running with that for, for a few years now. He's actually put out a couple of albums of his own and I forget how it came about. I think we were, I think we just heard some of his tracks and just was like, that just sounds super cool. We were looking, you know, just to expand a bit a bit more with our own stuff. And uh, or maybe Aaron, do you remember how that went, how we actually developed that track, Wisdom?
4: Yeah, I think
0: we just, uh, well, he'd been into that kind of music for a while and then we kind of were listening to some uh, more electro swing kind of style and kind of were getting into the vibe of that. He wasn't necessarily making that, but we were listening to some of that. And then it oh. kind of connected that wouldn't that be really fun to put together I, as a Swingin' Bells
3: idea. I remember a couple of things now actually thinking back on it. Um, so we went to France, uh, when was that, two years ago now? We played at a festival in France, uh, and Isaac came over with us. And part of that show involved, I did a solo set as well, and Isaac plays the fiddle as well as does electronic music. So what I ended up doing was getting, uh, well, the swinging Bells and Isaac to back me up on my solo set and part of it for the finale we got Isaac to do an electronic version of Sweet Georgia Brown which is a jazz wow. standard <laughs> so remember that was the first time we actually played together and then a couple of times like on Mother's Day he'd do a, an electro swing is what you call it so we take like an old Django Reinhardt track and he'd basically put some beats to it and do a remix uh, so just hearing what he was doing with it was like wow this is actually you know really exciting sound
1: yeah it sounds like that would fit in really well Electronic swing, the swinging bells, like it.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's, no, it's, a, kind it's of a, a natural, right? A new like subgenre that's 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 taking shape in the electronic world is, <laughs> is electro swing. Yeah. So that's where I guess we're heading that way.
1: All right, and, and Laura, I don't know if uh, if you can say about some of the new stuff you have on the go, but you, you just recently got a gig. Am I speaking on the turn here?
2: Yeah, no, I think it's probably okay. Well, I was just, you know, before Aaron and Dwayne came on and Chris and I were just chatting and I was saying how all of a sudden we're just, we're finding ourselves really swamped with with projects and things that are just suddenly turning up. And, you know, we released that, that new song a couple of weeks ago and the video and it's had like, you know 50,000 views or something and so that's really starting to cook for us and uh, we're working on another song in the same style but we actually just got asked like, two days ago to write a song for CBC for uh back going back to school so that's uh it's a short time frame but we work well under we thrive under musical
4: pressure <laughs> I think Darren
2: because and I are also getting ready to go back to school as teachers and yeah. you know so we've been talking about you know kids fears and their worries and you know, parents, you know, concerns, but, you know, Aaron and I both really like to focus on, um, you know, the social emotional learning in our classrooms and helping kids feel safe and secure. And, uh, you know, what better way to do that than uh, with a fun song that kind of, you know, addresses their fears, um, but, you know, helps them, you know, feel positive about going forward, you know, with the school year. So we're right in the middle of that now.
1: Wow. I I, I love it that uh, the new stuff always pops up, even though you guys, you know, probably would have been gigging all summer, you know, and, you know, but uh, but obviously, you know, with COVID, none of that happened. I want to thank you guys for coming on the Radio ECMA podcast today. And we're going to end off with another song by you guys. What did you choose?
3: Uh, yeah, let's hit him with uh, uh, eight, or Old York Street it's called Funny, I said 8 York Street because that's where we actually live But uh, <laughs> the, uh, our Electro Swing Debut, uh, uh, we ended up Crafting a song called Old York Street
1: Okay, Old York Street, great Thank you very much Laura, Aaron and Dwayne Swinging bells on the Radio May podcast and this is Old York Street That's brand new stuff from the Swinging Bells. That's Old York Street on the Radio ECMA podcast. And I love this new direction, getting into electronic music. And as uh, Aaron and Dwayne and and Laura were talking about this new direction, heavily influenced by Dwayne and Aaron's son, Isaac. It's so great. Obviously, the kids influence everything that the Swinging Bells do. And the kids are all right. And so are the Swinging Bells. Check them out online, the swingingbells.ca for the latest and make sure you follow them on socials and also follow us on socials at East Coast Music and keep a watch of ecma.ca for further episodes of the Radio ECMA Podcast. Thanks for listening today. Hope you enjoyed it. Got lots more to come. So make sure you come back and see us. Bye for now.
0: The Radio ECMA Podcast with Chris Batstone is produced by the East Coast Music Association. Recorded at Imaging by Guido in St. John's. IBGrocks.com. Supported by the SoCan Foundation. Music by Cassie Mann. For more information on upcoming episodes, head to ecma.com or find us on socials at East Coast Music. Thanks for listening.